Today is Thursday, December 8th. I am your host, Flying Solo, today. Find me on Twitter. I am David Palermo. Find me on Twitter at numbillsfan.com. I'm also on Instagram. Holler at your boy, David J. Palermo. Also on that Snapchat. You know what I'm saying? So, YOLO, single life. Find me on there. Hit me up. Let's talk some football. Talk some dog shit. Talk about whatever you want to talk about. I really don't care. But we primarily talk about the Bills on this show with little things to go along the way. And we got an interesting show today because I'm going to improvise. The Bills had the Steelers coming up. I'm going to have some fun. And um, as we know, the Bills' backs are up against the wall. And they got to win out. And even if they win out, the probability of them actually making the playoffs, I believe, is an early 30%-ish. And right now, it's like under 10% if the Bills don't win out. Uh, So... Probability of the Bills winning now at six and six, getting to the playoffs. The Bills never get help. As it stands now, it's like under ten percent. So, please thank you for uh, joining us or me. And uh, don't forget, numbillsfan.com has everything awesome. So please, please check out numbillsfan.com. All our past episodes and Scott Campbell also writes an article once a week, and it's pretty tight. Game preview, he should have them coming up. Sometimes I'll upload them at 4 in the morning. He might be hammered, get around to sending it to me. I might be sleeping, or for some reason, me, the co-host Adam Deacon, Numbills Adam D, and Scott Campbell, Scott Campbell 13. There was one night where we're all up at the same time at 4.30. Like, why? I don't know. But Scott's a shit. I sit next to him at the games. Love Scott. He's great. Check him out. Scott Campbell 13 on the Instagram, on the Twitter. He'll talk Bills with you all the time. His father's a big sports fan and a big Bills fan. And he's got a good upbringing. He's a good kid. And he's got good insight. So please check him out. Um, Also, we do a Wednesday night show. We just did one. If you haven't checked it out, go on Facebook.com. Numb Bills fan. Adam Deacon and I went live. He came in via satellite. AKA, I posted a picture that he emailed me um, onto our little graphic. If you ever watch it, we have a pretty dope setup. I ain't going to lie. I, I think it's the best live show on the web, you know, because we got the nice little overlay. We try to look pro, but we're not pro. Just at least let's have some good audio. And if we sound like dog shit, again, shoot me an email or Adam an email. Dave at numbillsfan.com. Adam at numbillsfan.com. Hit up Adam. You think the website looks like garbage? Go Adam. What's up with this website, man? Numbills Adam D on the Twitter. Follow him on the Instagram. Ladies, holler at your boy, Adam Deacon. Don't let him fool you, okay? He's, uh, he, he, he does his thing. Just telling you. Let him know. But again, Wednesday night, 7 p.m. We were just on yesterday. Today's Thursday. Usually we do a podcast Monday-ish, Wednesday-ish. This week we're on Tuesday, Thursday. Um, things are going on in life. Shit happens, but that's why we got a podcast. We got all weekend to tell your friends about it. 
And that show on Wednesday night, by the way, is brought to you by BillsForLife.com. I love the dudes over there. Chris Williams, all the way from the West Coast, came over with his kid. They toured around Buffalo. Um, they were up at the Red Pencil Tailgate. I'll be up at the Red Pencil Tailgate. And, um, you know, this weekend up there, Jamie Tilbury will be there. He also runs BillsForLife.com. Biggest Facebook group for Bill stuff ever. And uh, really, I'm pretty stoked about this weekend coming up. The Bills need a win. So if you're there, I have not been making it to the Pinto lately. I've just been running late. Uh, one time I, came, I had a, I played in a dumb band, played some metal. It's called Borrowed Time. Check them out. Borrowed Time HC, I believe, on the Instagram. Find us. Um, if you find me on Facebook, David J. Palermo or Numb Bills fan, click around. You'll find our band if you like the metal and the hardcore stuff. Uh, we hit it hard, but we were hitting Toronto one time, and uh, a few weeks ago I couldn't make it up. I ended up with two hours of sleep, couldn't make it to tailgate early. And uh, last game we had a show, I believe, in – actually it was in town, but we didn't – you know, after loading the gear and we didn't get – I didn't get to bed till 4.30. So, you know, if you're into metal and stuff, check out Borrowed Time. I don't want to give myself a shout-out. I've never promoted our band ever. Um the intros from another band called On the Ropes that I do with some good friends, Dave Larson, Jeremy Valeni, and uh, the great Michael Sawyer, who's been on, on our podcast about a year ago. Um, good friend, big Savers fan. I work with him here and there. He's a good kid. Um, everybody's a good dude, apparently. I don't know why I'm still rambling for five minutes. But also, don't forget, if you missed it, it's still good to listen to the great Sam Tripoli from classic Death Squad days. If you don't know what Death Squad is, Essentially, Joe Rogan experience, he's the one who got me into podcasts. I think it's the best podcast on the planet. Um, Helped change my life, giving me a different perspective. Listening to people, not some Tony Robbins shit, but just listening to people that, you know, guys who are successful, women who are successful at following their dreams. Um, We all have similar stories. We've all, you know, gone through big breakups, gone through a lot of... uh, you know, ups and downs, and, you know, sometimes we feel that, that we've dedicated our time to college and and, and everything else, that, that everything's going to be green when you, everything's going to be great when you're making your $1,000 a week you want to make, you know, your 75 a year, 50 grand a year, your 40000 whatever your goal was, and you, and you achieve it, then you kind of realize that at 40 hours a week, man, this is kind of a thankless, stupid shit I'm doing, or you're working 60 hours a week, you're just in, in, in so much debt and whatever, but the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast has got me through a lot, of, a, a lot of stuff, giving me hope that, you know what, if I put my eggs into that basket and, and, and into just life in general, just that miserable working life, and I don't put more eggs into the other basket of trying to just, you know, find something that you can latch on to and, and find passion in. And, and if you could pay some bills with it, good for you. Now, we don't pay any bills here at all. So all these sponsors are pretty much free. And... um you know, essentially that birthed the, the, these guys, Death Squad. And Sam Tripoli was one of them. He had this awesome show called uh, The Naughty Show. And he does this podcast with the great Ari Shafir, who has his own podcast called The Skeptic Tank. And if you don't know Ari Shafir, he is one of the best touring comedians in the world. He's awesome. Really funny. So he does a podcast with Sam Tripoli and this um, guy, Jason Tebow, who's also a, a stand-up comedian. They're all regulars at the comedy store out in LA. They're the real deal. Their podcast is called Punch Drunk Sports at Punch Drunk on Twitter. And let's be real. I'm sick of this ESPN. I'm sick of hearing about 
this game from the Bills that, oh, it's just Tyrod. Nah, it ain't. It's special teams. It's the defense letting up 29 straight points against the Raiders. You know, if they, if they want to spin it, the Bills, to blame the quarterback, whatever, whoever's doing it, that's fine. Um, we can all improve. But they cut it how it is, too. You know, so if you like us, you'll definitely like them. They'll cover UFC, and they know a hell of a lot more than me about UFC. They know a hell of a lot more about me than me about, like, baseball. When the Cubs won the series, they had Brody Stevens on, and another wonderful comedian with uh, another guy, Tate Fletcher, who's featured in some good movies. He, he's a part owner of Caveman Coffee. And uh, it's an awesome podcast. Like, if you're looking for some good times, you know, they are comedians. At the same time, they're not trying to be – it's not, like, set up punchline you know not trying to knock you dead by being over the top so check them out punch drunk sports they just call it how it is if you like our conversation we try to just make it like we're in the room with our buddies here you know and and, and interject some nice facts so i'm pretty stoked on punch drunk sports we they, they have a podcast network coming up and we are the one that covers the buffalo bills for them so Again, keep checking back on punchrunksports.com. It's a, it's a slower process for them to get up and running. They're trying to get a podcast for every sports team. So, please, thank you for everything. Follow everybody. Billsforlife.com. Go on. Punchrunksports.com. Numbillsfan.com. You can subscribe to us, this podcast, anywhere you want. So, long-winded way, we're really flattered to be part of Punch Drunk Sports. Um Never thought that I would get a call from San Tripoli ever in my life. And uh, super crazy to be part of one of the, the, to me, one of the podcast OGs that I consider an OG as an influence. And uh, we had a great podcast with him, the Raiders preview. He's a big Raiders fan. He's from Cortland, New York. His second team is the Buffalo Bills. Shoot him a follow, um, Sam Tripoli, on Twitter. And if you can't find it, do a Google search. Also, same name. On YouTube, he has some funny-ass videos. So, check him out. So, right now, I'm going to do some random shit. And um, I've never done this before. I have my iPhone hooked up to uh, the board right now. And I'm just going to randomly start calling people. And, uh, you know, see what happens. Um, I don't know what's going to happen because I don't, I'm not a fan of editing podcasts. That's why I really like the Joe Rogan experience, you know, punch drunk. They don't really edit. They don't, they just press play or I should say record and they just let it fly. And for me, that's what it's about. Let's see what goes on. So right now I'm going to try to call my friend Dave Larson. He never answers his phone ever. But I sent him a text saying I would call him. And I sent out a text to Nate Geary from WGR. Sent out a text to Eric Turner at Cover1.net. And if you don't know about Eric Turner at Cover1.net, you're out of your mind. The best Bills breakdowns ever. Even guys on WGR 550 are, are finally on the shit. They're trying to scoop him up. Everybody's trying to rub Eric Turner. Rub his back. Yo. We've been the OG Eric Turner fans. I don't want to hear it from people. So let me try Dave Larson and see how well this works here. Just bear with me. That might be too loud. He doesn't know why I'm calling him either. He probably won't answer. It's my luck. Just going to go, you know, 
Here we go. I kind of don't like when people don't answer the phone. It kind of pisses me off. But I tend to talk a lot. Um, hence a podcast. If not, we'll try calling my dad after this. See what happens. And uh, here we go again. Dave Larson on answering the phone. Great radio, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Way to go, Larson. Oh, shoot. My friend Eric called me. I don't know if this will work. What's up, dude? Yo, dog. Um, I was randomly just talking about you on the podcast, and I'm recording solo. And uh, do you just want to talk bills for like five minutes? I had a missed call from you. I don't know if that was an accident, but you're kind of live. I could press stop, but I'm not going to. <laughs> What's on your mind? Well, let's be real here. I, I got a bone to pick, man. Um, I listened to a lot of Howard Simon today. And by the way, Jeremy White loves you. Oh, is that right? Oh, my God. Dude, all he does is talk about you. Oh, Eric Turner, if you want a great breakdown, Eric Turner's awesome. And then I was like, man, get off his tip. But I already talked about this before I called you. I tried calling my friend Dave. Um, no answer. I got Nick mm-hmm. Papagelis from Red Pinto allegedly lined up. He's trying to find some um, headphones, I guess. So All right. I saw I had a missed call from him. I didn't realize he tried calling me. I don't know if it was an ass dial. But we're on the line with Eric Turner from CoverOne.net. I'm flying solo. Um, what's up, man? How are you feeling right now? How are you feeling about the team? What are some interesting nuggets we can check out on your website, for real? Like, floor is yours, man. You tell me what you got. <laughs> oh, thanks for having me on, man. I, uh, I just actually finished up doing a little scouting of the Steelers, and I'll tell you what, if, uh, if, if everyone was worried and mad about our defense so far this year, um, I'm honestly probably the, mo- the most scared I've been all season um, when I look at this offense that we're going to be you know, facing this week. Okay. Um, they just attack you in so many different ways. And, of course, they have, you know, Antonio Brown and, you know, Le'Veon Bell and, of course, Big Ben um, at the helm. But um, they have other, you know, role players, Eli Rogers, um, uh, Jesse James, their tight end's been making plays here and there. And just – the way that Todd Haley schemes that offense just really scares me. And, you know, I really think that just from what they do by spreading out teams um, or, you know, using the power run game with Bell, it, they're just going to create so many mismatches with their players and just, you know, by scheme itself. Kind of worries me, man. I'll be honest with you. I have always thought the Bills, believe it or not, um, you might think I'm nuts because I hate when people make these blanket statements, especially through like a bunch of quarter, uh, coaching staffs. Mm-hmm. I swear, I think the secret, even in the beginning of the year, I always thought the secret to beat the Bills, which we really don't need secrets, is to run the ball <laughs> on them. And right. and it's like, I don't want to rip on players, but there's some missed tackles by some guys with big names, I think, a lot. And I could be wrong. I could be wrong. No, no, Dave, you uh, you you hit the nail on the head, brother. And actually, you're you're kind of, you know, stealing the steam away from my my story. I'm running around. Come on, really? Yeah, that was genuine, right there, man. You're spot on because you know, of course, you know, Le'Veon Bell can make guys miss. He's one of the tops in the league at doing that. But he's not just uh, tops at doing that um, when they run the ball. When he also catches the ball out of the backfield, whether it be screens or just design passes out of the backfield. You know, he makes guys miss as well, and obviously that's you know, a big part of their offense. And the Bills, according to Football Outsiders, they're one of the worst teams um, when it comes to, you know, missed tackles and broken tackles uh, on defense. And 
which is kind of surprising because early on in the season, you know, they were really, you know, doing really well in that department. But it seems as of late, uh, the more games we've lost and the longer the season has gone on, um, you know, it, it seems like they're missing more tackles and just getting lazy, especially late in games. And I think that we kind of saw that from like the Miami game on where late in games, um, the longer the defense has been on the field, um, you know, they're missing a lot more tackles. So, yeah, that's definitely a key to this game. And, and um, the Steelers have guys that, you know, they're not the biggest receivers or running backs, but they have guys that are just shifty, elusive. And um, as I mentioned before, you know, Todd Haley does a great job of getting those guys the ball in space. Um, and honestly, they're one of the best screen teams in the league. And I think that's what's going to, you know, really be the difference in this game. Now, Todd Haley is kind of interesting because um, when he came into Pittsburgh, I don't know if it was a media thing. I, you know, uh, obviously the regular listeners, you are like our biggest fan for some reason. Of course. Um, <laughs> love you more. And uh, and it's like, you know, um, I kind of it, – it, it really grinds my gears because I don't know what to believe sometimes. But when Todd Haley showed up in Pittsburgh, there was rumblings that him and Ben Roethlisberger didn't get along. Um, but whatever happened after at least a few years there now in Pittsburgh, I mean, didn't he go there after he got fired from, uh, KC? Was it right after? Yeah, he came over after, and I'm pretty sure I'm not exactly positive, but, um, you're right. There were, you know, some rumblings of them, you know, some kind of disconnect between them. Uh, uh, but you know, it don't, it didn't take long for them to get on the same page. And, you know, at this offense, um, specifically the passing game, I think the passing game is right ranked eighth right now their um their running game is in its average i think it's 18th but haley just does a great job of you know big ben's up there in age big ben can't hold on to the ball long he can't push it as as he wants to down the field because of his injuries and and you know he's aging but he still has the intellect he still has the ability to get the ball out of his hands quickly and haley has has definitely you know you know put the ball in his hands and just let him run this offense and you can see I mean, what Big Ben does at the line of scrimmage is, is, is quite amazing. You know, he's, he's an elite in that category when it comes to pre-snap because, you know, he, he's just like Peyton Manning where, you know, he'll get up to the line of scrimmage. He'll send dummy signals out to the receivers um, and, and, and run a play that he had, you know, lined up from the get-go. So he messes with the defenders, uh, you know, heads a little bit and mix that in with, you know, weapons on the offense and a line that is, you know, holding up pretty well uh, versus uh, the pass rush. They're dangerous, man. And like I said, I just think for what they do schematically on offense, it's going to create issues on the defensive side for the Bills because, you know, they use a lot of motion. They motion Bell out of the backfield a lot. And we know that we're going to try to match up as much as we can, maybe not specifically to each player, but to, you know, try to get Zach Brown to the side of Le'Veon Bell if he splits out. Maybe not right on him, but you know what I mean? So kind of matchup type zone. um, And and so – it's going to be a chess match for sure. I, I looking at that game. I, I agree with you. Um, I mean Pittsburgh's offense. Um, it seems more powerful than ever in in some weird way because uh, you know a lot of guys say that Le'Veon Bell he's he's a very patient back and yeah. he knows when to turn it on and 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 I look at this Bills defense where um, you know I don't want to be. I'm, I touched on this on the last podcast, but I have some weird theories. People talk about home games being an advantage and whatever, and, and don't get me wrong, I get it, but I think a lot of that mm-hmm. shit is fluff. And when you've got a Rex Ryan defense, 
where they're constantly making checks. And honestly, when Rex came in, I'm a big supporter of Rex. Right. You know, he thought because that the defense um, played so well with Shorts the year before, they, they made some adjustments um, to, to fit some of his scheme in, which is something that coaches don't like to do, which I mm-hmm. commend him on. Um, and it seems like they overloaded them because they figured they could just scale back, and then everybody's confused. And here we go again. You're seeing guys confused a little bit. And I think at home – you know we're gonna have the we're gonna have the crowd going when I'm at that game. I'll actually right. be in a box, believe it or not. This one. Oh, well, look at you. Yeah, my friend called me. Of all people, he calls me. <laughs> my friend Anthony Hayward. Shout out to him, man. Tugboat MC. Check him out on uh, Facebook. And um, man, I love Hayward. And he calls me up, and I and I'm like standing in drywall. I'm like, who's this? He's like, Dave, it's me, Hayward. And I'm like, oh shit. He goes, I got a box seat. And I'm like, no way. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, you call me. He goes, yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm I'm floored. I've never been in the box. I'm gonna probably right. jump out the window, dude. Just break everything. Um, <laughs> which hey, I ain't gonna be cold. But uh, I really think that that being at home is almost a disadvantage for the defense. Call me nuts, but for what Rex Ryan wants to do and all the complicated checks that they make or whatever, like I know what I'm talking about. But no, no, am I off base? Point. There's that. No, that's a valid point. I mean, whether that holds true or not is a different story, but. You know, you're right. But this year, I, I do think it's a little different. Um, one, someone on Twitter had mentioned that Big Ben's uh, road stats or road wins aren't, aren't as good, obviously, at, than Heard at Heinz Stadium. Right, which, I, I mean, I, I didn't really – I don't really like those kind of stats. But, I mean, it's one of those, you know, self-fulfilling stats where, you know, depending on what the result of the game is, then it's like, oh, yeah, see, I told you. So you mean it's a, it's it's like the the LaShawn McCoy's nine and zero when the Bills go when he oh, runs yeah. for over a hundred yards in like yeah, a minute in the third through. quarter? I'm like, yeah, this game's won. This game's won. <laughs> or or they're like zero and seventy. The Raiders are zero and seventy two and went down by fifteen points. Right. Well, no. Now no, they're not anymore. Now they're one and seventy three. <laughs> or no, you're you're right about that. You're right about the checks though, because um, yeah, I, I think in prior years that may have been um, you know rung true a little more but I like this year I just feel like Rex did and has um put aside his ego a bit when it comes to the defense I mean we're not blitzing as much as we used to we're rushing for a lot almost to a fault now you know you know we're playing a lot of cover two and we're getting torn up that way it's pretty much why we lost the game last week so we're not blitzing as much we only blitzed eight times last week versus uh, Derek Carr and he, he carved us up you know especially in critical downs so um, I do think that this year he scaled it back. It's more vanilla. And in, early in the season, we were getting burned deep so often that he had to, you know, whether, you know, it was by um, choice or not. So, uh, but this, this week, you know, versus Big Ben, the thing with him is, you know, I looked up some stats and I'm like, you know, what are they doing? I, I watched it on film and then I looked at the stats. And I'm like, what are they doing on offense that makes them so dangerous in the passing game? And you know what? It's not that they're pushing the ball down the field. It's not that they're, you know, throwing it to Antonio Brown down the field all the time. Dude, you know, 17% of their pass attempts are behind the line of scrimmage. So what they're doing is they're utilizing that screen game a lot, you know, whether it be Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, um, out of the backfield. They're running screens. They're running wide receiver screens, you know, bubbles and whatnot, and, and throwing it to um, Bell on slip screens. And a majority of their passes are coming, uh, you know, behind the line of scrimmage. And it's an extension of the run game. You know, they're 18th in the run. But guess what? If you count these this yardage on screens and throws behind the line of scrimmage, I mean, that's part of your run game. I mean, compared to, to Tyrod Taylor and Buffalo, dude, what, what percentage do you think we throw behind the line of scrimmage? Um, I would say, honestly, I've 
you don't want to ask me that question because I should have just, like, given you an answer, but because I'm a dumb Italian, I talk too much. Um, I will say that uh, I, you know me. I love Chan Gailey's offense. I think that offense transcends any year. You might think I'm out of my mind. And I like the screen game, and the Bills don't do it. And you got None. guys who yeah. can do it. And, and it's right. really, like, so disheartening because um, I had a question for you because um, I wanted to explain to the listeners – um, the the pistol. Can you break down like what that formation is, where it started? Just give us a little bit of a, a background, and I'm going to piggyback off of that. I'm sorry, you kind of broke up there. Um, can you that? can you just can you just explain like what the pistol formation is to the rest of the listeners and how it's come back into the game and even Chan Gailey, I think it's first series as a head, mm-hmm. as the head coach of the Bills. That was I believe his formation he ran. It seems like it's taken off across the league, and we're seeing like some, I don't want to say older school principles, or are we seeing more principles of, because you don't have these quarterbacks that, I'm trying to, I was going to piggyback on it, but like, you don't have these quarterbacks like like we had before, where mm-hmm. you got these guys in college, they're not, they're not asked to do that much, right? and you got to kind of be patient. We're seeing a lot more motions, a lot more, like, just trickery i almost want to say I, I really want to say fuckery and <laughs> you know what i'm saying there's a lot of fuckery afoot with it and it's like you know everything is about deception and you got a guy like antonio brown who could do anything and you got a guy like Le'Veon bell who is just about the equal and um they're still running what? they're still running a, a, a basic screen plays and it's like well if you play even Madden you're going to freeze once dude starts busting out screens and if that's at right. 17% of the time yeah that's almost you I mean, know I mean I'm not going to say all of that you know 17% are screens but primarily you'll see them run I mean I counted the the game last week against the Giants they were I mean they ran double digit screens in that game and and you're talking about the pistol. I mean, the pistol is just – it's similar to the shotgun. It's the type of formation that you want your quarterback, maybe especially a guy like Tyrod Taylor that doesn't uh, read defenses that well quite yet. You want him with his – you know, he you obviously want him to keep his eyes downfield and his shoulders looking at the defense, not under center, you know, having to worry about a drop and all those things. And, you know, that has changed because the college quarterbacks nowadays, they're not asked to do as much. So, you know, the NFL has incorporated that pistol – and it's a way for, you know, zone run teams to still, you know, run their scheme, um, you know, those zone stretch plays, those outside runs, um, which we do, you know, like to utilize, you know, a good amount. And it, it allows, um, you know, it, like what the Broncos did with Peyton Manning when he was, you know, still kind of banged up and couldn't really run that zone stretch from under center. They, they put him in the pistol and it just takes away. It's a different angle. So um, that's just, you know, the, the quick explanation of it. But. Yeah, the Bills run it primarily a lot because, again, because of Tyrod Taylor and his limitations right now in his career. Um, and, you know, we don't we don't run many passes behind the line of scrimmage. So get this. Ask you what percentage we, you know, we attempt as far as passes go behind the line of scrimmage. 10.89%. All right. To put it in perspective, again, the Steelers run um, passes behind the line of scrimmage 17.11% of the time. Alex Smith, a very good uh, you know, short yardage quarterback, a guy that doesn't push the ball, you know, deep down the field often. Um, he's in a scheme, a West Coast scheme that runs a lot of screens. Andy Reid's probably one of the best screen makers in the game, screen designers in the game. They run it. 
they run passes behind the line of scrimmage 18.33% of the time, so even more than Pittsburgh. Now, compare it to Tom Brady. All right, they're, they're a pretty good screen team. They haven't been as good this year, um, primarily because they haven't had Deion Lewis and whatnot, and they kind of relied, relied on James White to carry that torch. But this year they're at 15.23%, um, you know, in attempts for, you know, passes behind the line of scrimmage. So, you know, it, when I watch Pittsburgh, I'm like, man, why aren't we doing that? Why aren't we running screens? Why aren't we running more, um, you know, wide receiver bubbles when you have the Sammy Watkins and whatnot? That's something we've been clamoring since the beginning of 2015. That, that's what we've been clamoring since you picked up the kid because – Pick up Sammy, you're right. I, I remember being in a van with my friend Dave Larson, who I just tried to call him. We were, we were, uh, we were working together one day, and uh, we're, we're, like, looking at, at highlights of just Mike Evans, and we popped on – you're like, you know, let's pop on Sammy. We're never going to have a shot at him, but let's pop him on. And – a lot of his plays at Clemson, I mean, the dude, I think, has good vision. Now, granted, it's college ball. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it seems like since Anthony Lynn has taken over, the screen game has, like, disappeared. And right. it's like, you know, I put on, you know, you watch that you watch that Raiders team, and I watched them play two different halves of football offensively. Um, as far as, you know, their setups and formations right. because uh, against Carolina. And when I was actually watching, I'm like, man, I wish the Bills did this. You know, because what I liked yeah. is Chan Gailey would run a lot. He would spread guys out and then run from it. And it's like you're getting smaller guys on the field to run against. And, you're, light, you're lightening the box. Yeah, definitely. You know, so it's like. And they're even more dangerous, not to interrupt you, but they're even more dangerous the Raiders are because they'll spread you out three-by-one formation and then leave it up to Derek Carr to make the decision whether they run or pass. You know, the RPO is the, the run-pass option. So if there's, you know, he looks at the box and he sees six guys in the box on the defense, you know, because they're in a three-one wide receiver set, well, guess what? They're running it. You know, you could come out in the same formation the next drive and put seven in the box, bring a safety down, you know, and then he's just going to he's gonna check out of that run and he's going to run a screen or he's going to run a pass. And, you know, he did that several times versus us. And, honestly, it, it, the Bills can't – you couldn't stop it because – you know, whether we were playing zone or playing man, um, Derek Carr found the matchup, and he hit his receivers. And, and it was just tough to defend. And, you know, in the second half, you saw that defense break down. Are there any screen plays that could favor the left side of the offensive line somehow? I mean, I don't know if they could pull outside or if they always – if, like, Incognito always has to pull to his right for a screen. or I don't know shit. So, like mm-hmm. – I, I mean, how come they don't do it? Some people say that the offensive line isn't capable. Some people, and it's like, I don't believe I don't that, that for a minute because don't buy that. Yep. we've seen depleted rosters on the Bills. Like, again, Shane leaders. We've seen guys, you got Reinhardt in there. You got Urbic in there. And I'm not saying they weren't bad. I, I actually thought they were okay. You had right. you had Bell in there, left tackle that. Of course, we develop him, and he bounces to Philly. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know. Jason Peters? Well, to join Jason Peters. So, um, and it's like, you know, it was cool with Bell, seventh round pick. He, you know, they stood by him and whatever. And it's like, I see these crappy ass teams running screens successfully. And we have some of the, you know, you want to be a run team. I almost look at, at, at that as an extension. I mean, you're getting guys out <clears throat> in space and all they're going to want to do is fuck shit up. So put put Watkins behind her. Put somebody behind her. You know, because clearly passing the ball to Watkins, I'm sorry. I don't think there's much chemistry. It could be on Tyrod. It could be on both. Um, you know, I, I noticed a couple routes that were pretty much you could tell. Uh, I mentioned in the last podcast. Dan Fouts even said, he goes, uh, 
Sammy tapped himself on the head to Tyrod first quarter, and he goes, uh, he went to the sideline, yep, ran the wrong route. And then you see Tyrod second quarter kind of give, they zoom in on his face because you've got the worst camera angles ever. I want to see the personnel <laughs> going out there. You're zooming in on Rob Ryan and all these yeah. other guys. And it's like, dude, well, they zoomed in on Tyrod. He's like, come on, man. And it's like, okay, another wrong route. You got this receiver, not the shit on him. But he's supposed to be the guy that's open when he's not open, but he can't catch a contested ball on cornerbacks. Well, I don't know who the fuck they are. They're not a household name to me. And, right. you know, and it's like, well, why don't we go with things that complement what you've done before? You know, like if you run the ball well, you <laughs> mm-hmm. would think in space you would have Mullers. I don't know. I could be totally wrong. but I, I'm not going to – I don't buy that it's offensive line because, you know what, when you watch the run game, you see these guys get out in space and able to target and lock on to their second-level defenders and alley players. So I don't buy that. I, and I don't want to bash on Tyrod again because I think I've done enough of that this week after that game. But think about this, okay, flashback. I don't know if you remember this. Remember last year, Kansas City, the Bills came out with a game plan early in the game was to stack the receivers, Robert Woods, and Watkins and throw screens to them and Tyrod Taylor couldn't hit them. Okay, flash you know, flash forward to the Jets game. Another game where they tried using screens to Sammy. And you know what? His ball placement, Tyrod's ball placement was so bad that Watkins had to worry about catching it instead of just getting outfield and he had to reverse field, which he made a good gain out of it. But what it comes back to with these screens that you gotta have accuracy on these short passes on these timing passes, and you know what? Tyrod just hasn't shown that he can do that. Think about last week, dude. I mean, we ran several swing passes to LaShawn McCoy. <sighs> the one he dropped back, he ran a swing pass, and he let him upfield just a little bit, but what did LaShawn McCoy have to do? He had to grab it with his right hand and one-handed in to bring it in. It was not properly placed, and those kind of plays have to be on point so that, yeah, those weapons, your Shady McCoy, your Sammy Watkins, the Le'Veon Bells, the Antonio Browns, they got the ball placement has to be on point so that they can worry about what their move is coming, you know, what what move they need to make to make the defender miss. And Tyrod just hasn't done that for his receivers. He's got to pop on some Trent Edwards tape and learn how to throw that check down. <laughs> and and it, it's kind of funny you mentioned that because I'm looking at my Jordan bag I got, and that's pretty much what LaShawn McCoy had to do. Well, God yeah. forbid, God forbid, you know, God forbid, like, Bruce Irvin breaks free and just annihilates him. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, I, I'm a Tyrod supporter. Everybody's on this whole Tyrod shit on the radio. Even the Murph yeah, yeah. show is covering it. It's like, I don't know if that's a distraction to take away from your defense that just let up 29 points and your punter who, for some reason, just forgot how to punt. Um, direct, yeah. You know, because to me, that's what happened in that game. The whole, the whole way this team is built and has been built and has been preached to us is – we're going to develop this quarterback. He needs live reps. He needs real games. We're going to write, We're going to stay on this, and our defense is going to get us out of trouble. And But I'll be honest. I think Tyrod Taylor gets receivers absolutely killed, like yes. absolutely destroyed. Right. And he doesn't have the patience. That said, it doesn't mean I want to give up on him. People are bitching right. about his contract. He's right in line for where he's playing and what he's going to get paid. Oh, you got to give him 16 mil or something. It's like, who cares? You're going right. to pay for that position either way. You got guys like Howard Simon on WGR saying, "Oh, I'd give up two first round picks for Kirk Cousins." What fucking crack are you smoking, dude? Oof. Like, really? Is that what he said today? Uh-huh. And then he's talking, then he talks like, "Well, Alex Smith ain't really." It's like, "Really? I take Alex Smith over Kirk." I don't I don't understand why him and uh, Jeremy White hate on Alex Smith. The guy 
You know, like he I, gets I, it done. This, he gets it done, and you know what? In a system that, yeah, it, it, it could be quarterback friendly if the quarterback is able to digest it, because that West Coast system is very difficult. It's very structured. It's something that I would like to see Tyrod in, but in the end, I don't know if Tyrod would be able to function in it because it is very regimented in checks and in footwork and in fundamentals, and I don't know if he would succeed in that. So Taylor, I mean, in in that type of scheme and in, in the West Coast scheme. I really don't know if he has the discipline to, you know, go through his checks on a, a consistent basis from play to play. And, uh, I mean, I'd like to see it, but from what we've seen so far, um, I don't know if I would pick up um, that option. Um, and who knows, can they go out and uh, renegotiate? Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's all hearsay right that's now. That's stupid. But you're right going to renegotiate to get him near where he should be paid anyways. Right. Do numbers he, matter when people think yep. about this shit? Like, I don't think people should comment on it if they don't look at the whole picture. I mean, it's not – Tyrod isn't the reason they lost that game necessarily. Yes, it's disappointing, but last I checked, four balls went to Sammy Watkins on, on, on three series and two of them in one series that were not completed. Whether it's on Sammy or Tyrod, I don't know. But mm-hmm. why does Robert Woods get, like – nine receptions in a game. You know what I'm saying? Like, why right. does Marquise Goodwin consistently put up a few receptions a game now? There's there's no chemistry. And I think... Right, what, and it's oops. it's not all on Tyrod that, that game either. You know, I, I, I said it on Twitter. I, I do think that, you know, Anthony Lynn didn't help out his quarterback, especially in the second half. I, I don't think the game plan was um, that good. Uh, honestly, um, the, the concepts that he was running to me, were more, and I'm generalizing, but from play to play, to me, it was more of zone, you know, zone beater concepts, um, which is, you know, I, I can understand why he would think that because, you know, you got a coordinator in Ken Norton Jr. who comes from the Seattle scheme. You know, Tyrod just faced uh, Jacksonville, who uh, Gus Bradley is a Seattle guy. You know, they, they tweaked their schemes a little bit to the personnel, but I think Anthony Lynn's game plan was, um, was pretty bad um, and probably was one of his worst um, this season. And of course, Tyrod's play within that scheme and game plan was, you know, below average. There's no doubt about that. He missed guys. And, um, I think as the game wore on, um, he became uh, less and less patient in the pocket. And I, I said it several times, he was gun shy. He was gun shy in some throws and he's, he played very conservatively and then, you know, it's, yeah, we're putting up points, but just imagine how many more points we could have on the board if he took a few more chances, you know? I, I agree with you. And, um, you know, one thing that gives me hope, um, I've had this discussion with you, so I'm just going to rant for um, a, a second here for Let's the big it. picture. Um, I've talked to you about this, and you say it's equal across the board, um, but I really feel that quarterbacks had a lot of time to develop. They had a lot of time and patience. And you saw guys like Drew Brees, who were kind of left for dead for a little bit, People weren't sure about him. And you got guys like Alex Smith where even though he was with Singletary and, you know, he had an, he was left for dead, he still got a lot of reps. Do you follow me? And right. what we were talking about with college quarterbacks is, like, people want to see the offenses that they, they want to see the production that guys had. And people want to say passing league and all this, but – Everybody wants to discount that, like, these teams that are in the playoffs usually have a good defense. And I, and I bring up the point all the time. Show me what the hell Matt Ryan's done. done. I mean, this year he's turning up. Show me what Phillip Rivers has done. I'm talking championships. Matt Stafford, mm-hmm. championships. Where are they? Where are they? And you got a guy like Alex Smith 
where Andy Reid told him, hey, you're the starter. You're not going to look over your shoulder. And what I find weird is we're all on board, all the fans that, hey, we're going to do continuity things, and right. we're going to keep Tyrod, we're going to develop him. And, yeah, the numbers are disappointing, but you need a different way to grade Tyrod Taylor because he gets touchdowns. He makes plays. At the same time, if he's holding the ball on long, longer than anybody else, and when I'm at the games, you're seeing it on the coach's tape. Um, yeah. When I'm at the games, you're seeing guys open, and it sucks that, that it's like, great, Tyrod rolls that way, and Clay's going the opposite way. It's just by right. chance. And it's like, um, I really think that that he's too smart to fail. Does that make sense? His work ethic is too much there. And, and I think that this, this heat on him, it's deserved, and he needs it. At the same time, I don't think reporters with the quarter left in the season, and yes, we're the playoffs, are, I get it. Um, I don't think reporters need to be. You guys have so many other things you could write about. Um, I don't right. think I don't think they really need to talk about his contract right now because it's really just average. And these are the same jokes who are putting the shit on the wall. Like, oh, you, are you going to give Tyrod an extension? Are you going to? How about you don't put shit in his or his agent's head? Because we all knew that Brock Osweiler just stole a bunch of money. Yeah, we all knew that, dude. And. Mm-hmm. With Alex Smith, that's the best example of what can happen. And I just think you got to have time with the kid. But he's under so much pressure that he puts on himself, I think, that I feel like once you kill a guy's confidence, good joke. Good joke. Right. Good luck getting it back. And I don't know what to think with this guy. I really think the defense needs to step up. I really think that there's quarterbacks that when they're given time – and under the previous collective bargaining agreements, you know, people say draft a quarterback every year. Well, dude, there's only so many reps they're going to get. That's true, yep. And even if they get reps in the field house later on and they get all the buddies together, allegedly the coaches can't watch it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? They can't coach them. They can't. Right. So what do you – you're kind of handcuffed. Well, what are you going to do? Bring in another quarterback? You want to bring in Cardale Jones? I don't know. Can you anticipate? He might be a gamer. But I, I don't want to hear – Second year in the system. I don't want to hear, right. you know, I don't want to see that. That's the problem with this team. This team needs to get lucky for once. You know, they yeah. really do. I mean, the Steelers got lucky last year into the playoffs. Why can't the Bills? But the Bills got to win. And Tyrod Taylor, I think, has to relax. And it's really disappointing when you see check down quarterbacks in Buffalo year after year who right. can throw that nice swing pass, who can throw that screen pass. And maybe. Maybe they're worried about a turnover. Maybe that's why they don't run screens. Again, they do see him in practice. And that's the thing. And, you know, and like I said, I'm on the fence with Tyrod uh, when it comes to, you know, next season. And I don't want to really, you know, talk too much about that. But, you know, as a guy who's played a little bit and coached, um, you know, Anthony Lynn and that staff and, you know, David Lee, they devise and spend tons of hours to scheme and, and game plan for Tyrod Taylor. You know, he's the center of the offense, you know, him and Shady, and he's touching the ball every play. So they have to have plays um, within, you know, it's still Greg Roman's system. They have to have plays that cater to his abilities. And so when you watch, you know, the All-22 or when you're at the games and you see what he's doing well and what he's when he's not doing well, um, you know, those are both, you know, because of what the coaches want, want the position they want him in. All right. So. Um, we got to keep that in perspective. You know, he's not 
he's not a good he's not an accurate thrower. I mean, there's no doubt about that, man. You can't deny that. I think he's, he's more a- accurate than I mean, I'm sorry, dude. I want to cut you off, but like when you say not accurate, I think about I, I think about um Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I think he's more accurate than people give him credit for. It's just he takes stupid ass chances where he thinks his arm's gonna get it in there because man, I was hammering the table and, and I know it's just preseason. But like Tyra Taylor almost made it a point to throw it over the middle in preseason, you know, and I don't know, dude. Like, dude, right now Tyrod Taylor is the twentieth ranked uh, quarterback as 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 far as accuracy percentage goes. Accuracy percentage takes into account throwaways, bat downs, hit is thrown. So it's pure when he th- gets the throw off, without getting hit or or anything like that, he is twentieth in the league. All right, now you're talking about Fitzpatrick. All right, he's twenty seventh out of twenty nine quarterbacks right now. Um, of quarterbacks that have taken fifty percent of this, um, snaps. So Fitzy's is at 69.3%. So he's three, you know, 3% uh, points lower than Tyrod Taylor. So, I mean, you got to keep it in perspective, man. When he is given a time to throw and, and get rid of the ball, he isn't accurate. And yeah, it may, he may complete the ball. And, it, and, but again, accuracy is not just about getting it to the players, you're getting it to the players on time and in the proper place. You know what I'm saying? To, like we were talking about with the screens. That, there, there's a reason why, Dave. There's a reason why we don't run screens, and that's because his accuracy is bad. So, I mean, I, I don't know how how else to tell you. He's not accurate right now. And, you know, a lot of it comes back to, and, and Nate Geary and I, you know, spoke about this when we evaluated him halfway through the season. And, and a lot of it does come back to fundamentals. And you mentioned Alex Smith, and you mentioned guys that have, you know, Drew Brees and whatnot. Think about the coaches they had teaching them. Does Tyrod Taylor have those guys? A lot of people say, you know, Sale, I, I brought this up to Sale, and Sale kind of just brushed it off saying that, um, you know, that um, Coach uh, Coach Kelly is, is a good coach, you know, a, a good quarterback's coach. Um, I, I don't I don't know about that. I, I don't see – I didn't see anyone that he really developed. Who's Coach Kelly? I, the quarterback's coach for the Bills. I'm sorry. Oh, David Lee. Lee, I'm sorry. I said Kelly. Yeah, David Lee. So, I mean – I look at his history. I look at David Lee's history and, you know, he's getting credit for developing Tony Romo when Tony Romo was a backup and barely making the roster. Well, what, who else did he develop? I mean, I don't understand, um, you know, and how long ago was that too? I mean, what have you done for me lately? You Has know, he ever developed? Oh man. Can I, can I talk about that? Okay. Yeah. So I've been a big fan of David Lee because Rex Ryan, you know, when the bills got David Lee under Chan Gailey's staff, it was like, mm-hmm. this is one of the best guys. And, you know, this is the best quarterbacks coach. We want him and, and whatever. Um, so when he was at the Bills, I was psyched. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. You see him with pictures. He attends camps. He attends this and that. But even with this dumb podcast thing, I'm sure if I actually reached out and gave a shit, I can make appearance places too and pretend, mm-hmm. that, and pretend I know what the hell I'm talking about. And I'm not saying right. he doesn't. But one thing, I was watching um, something about Tom Brady a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And he had a quarterbacks coach. All the way through. It was like the most important thing was just reps, reps, reps. Repping fundamentals. And that's why I think Bill Belichick, yeah, do I think he's piling on points? Yes. But the more reps and chemistry you can get and live bullets, that game to Tom Brady must be like watching paint dry right now. Because Mm -hmm. there's only probably like three games a year, including playoffs, where that guy is really shitting a brick. You, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. I agree with you. And, and that's one of the things that really bugged me that I've ranted about when Doug Marone thought he was going to have uh, Nate Hackett 
double mm-hmm. duty as quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator, and you don't even take Ryan Nassib? Like, what planet are you on? Do you know you're in the NFL? Do you, how many people could develop a quarterback? I mean, right. what are you working with? And it's almost like the NFL these days is pretty much get basketball players, get great athletes, and have them do certain things. And you hear guys talk about technique. Like, you know, Mark Housel brings it up. He likes watching Darrell Rivas because he has very good technique. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know anything about that stuff. But I, right. I, I just hear, like, these guys are just sloppy and you're trying. It's a win now, win now, win now. And they're like, yeah, we all want to do that. But who is the biggest influence on these guys? You know, and it's like it's like yeah. the way the CBA works out and kind of not to it, to hit that for a sec. Like, the way the CBA works out, if these quarterbacks are going down – as far as being ready for the NFL, and they have the least amount of reps that they've ever had, right? that's not going to work. This is the football we're going to see. The running game is going to be where it's at. But I don't know. What do you do in that situation? Because who is out? Like, who would you like to see? I don't want to put you on the spot, but what do you think the solution would be if it is quarterbacks coach? Because I've never bought it until now. No, I mean, I, I can't name guys off the top of my head that I would say, you know, this guy can, you know, tutor quarterbacks better because, you know what, when it all comes down to who are we and we don't see them, uh, you know, at practice. And I'm not saying that David Lee isn't doing that or that he's not riding Tyrod enough in practice because, you know, to put it um, simply, think about it this way, all right? When you go to, you know, uh, in the offseason, when you go to training camps and whatnot and, and you sit through a whole practice, what do you see these guys do? They start with, you know, stretching, and then they go what? They go to individual drills. And during individual drills, um, say, you know, the quarterbacks are working on a certain technique for that day or a certain bootleg or a certain play. They have certain plays set up for the day, so they have to do the, you know, the core fundamentals for the, to execute those plays later in practice during team time, all right? So it's, it's building blocks. And so if David Lee's working with Tyrod Taylor during individuals and, um, I, I, you know, I, I broke down a play where um, – last game that Tyrod and, and Shady McCoy had one of the worst fakes, play action fakes I've seen. You know, those are the type of things that they work at when they get into, you know, seven on seven time, the building block time of practice um, every day. So why is it not being executed in the game? And to me, that could uh, screams, you know, generalizing, it screams coaching and coaching is not riding Tyrod enough or Shady, maybe even Shady McCoy gets a blame on that play too, because of they're the stars of our team. You know, and, and I know I can't remember what commentator said that, but um, they said that, you know, when it comes to quarterbacks, they're not coached up hard enough. They're not, you know, ridden hard enough uh, when it comes to fundamentals because they are the they're the quarterback. They, you know, they're the they're the athlete, the, they're the heady person that, you know, is going to win or lose you games. Well, guess what? They need to be ridden harder because especially guys like Tyrod that are early in their careers and you're trying to build. Um, up his confidence, but you're also trying to build up his fundamentals, which is something he does not do consistently. So it all comes back to accuracy. Guess what? Accuracy, I'd say probably about 70 to 80% of accuracy issues come back to footwork and come back to fundamentals. And you know what? I don't know if David Lee's doing enough and riding Tyrod enough um, because, I, like I said, we haven't seen it in games. So but for me right now, I'll just generalize and say I don't know if he's getting the proper coaching. Because look, at, and, and I said in, in the video cast I did, um, a couple weeks ago before we played Jacksonville, you know, the, the Jaguars did the same thing that we did with uh, Nathaniel Hackett. You know, they promoted uh, you know Hackett to OC, but also as a quarterback's coach. Like, come on. The guy has proven that he does, he, you know, he doesn't, um, 
you know, know how to run a proper offense um, in, in the NFL, and you're going to promote him from quarterbacks coach when Bortles has regressed, you know, this season versus last season, and you're going to promote that guy that works hand in hand with it with Bortles. I, it's just little things like that make me question it. Just because you know I played the game a little and and I've coached a little, so I don't know if Tyrod's getting the proper coaching. Um, maybe he is. I mean, I don't know that. I'm not at practice every day, but. Those are building blocks, man, and and for when you're trying to develop a quarterback, uh, especially a guy as talented as Tyrod Taylor with his legs and what he brings to an offense, you have to write him even more. I'll follow you up with that. So, um, you know, one thing, just because we've had so many inaccurate quarterbacks, um, I'll always admit to you and to the listeners, I'm not going to sit – anytime we write stuff on a, on a whiteboard or I got, like, stats up and whatever – if, I, if all the listeners hear me fumble, it's because I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm trying to back up my points with stats, and I'm not that good at it. I'll admit it. Um, mm-hmm. And if people can correct <laughs> me like you, I always just tell them, look, I don't know shit. Tweet Eric Turner. Um, but I, I will say one thing I have picked up, um, because we've had so many inaccurate quarterbacks, is really the, 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 the footwork. If you mm-hmm. see the replay, you see a replay of a bad pass, Immediately right. look at the guy's feet and, and look because, man, there's not many guys. I would put Stafford up there. Um, there's a few guys who can, I mean, Brett Favre is a classic example, who can really. Unorthodox. Unorthodox, off their yep. back foot, off of anything. Mm-hmm. And when I was a kid growing up, um, you know, my dad would always yell at me, stop throwing from your knees in baseball. Stop, stop throwing the ball from your knees with the football. Stop. And it's like, I just wanted to practice all the shit other people can't do. Right. And, um, you know, I was always taught lead a receiver. Uh, and, and this is backyard sandlot shit. And it's, like, amazing what I learned doing that and getting older, um, discovering uh, beer league hockey. Um, you know, if people don't know. Uh, <laughs> right. Two years ago, my friend's like, I'm getting my friend Nick Vieira, one of my brothers pretty much. He goes, I'm getting skates. I'm going to skate. And she's like, oh, get the hell out of here. You're not getting me to drop a 1000 hours in fucking gear. I'm not doing this. Long story short, two years later, I'm in, like, my – 10th session or 10th, mm-hmm. probably like six session across some nights. I'll play three leagues. And what's really neat is I went to skate and shoots before we played. I didn't know anything about positioning. People would be like, Oh, you got to get out of the zone. I'm like, what the hell is the zone? They're like, what? I'm like, I don't know. Get to the point. What's the point? Huh? What are the hashes? Mm-hmm. Where are the hashes? Oh, okay. Well, now I know. Um, and what I noticed is I had a lot of missed opportunities. And I didn't know why. Well, I went to the skate and shoot after playing eight games, not going to a skate and shoot. And I had a hard time picking the puck up off the boards. I had a hard time controlling the puck off rebounds. And what I did is, oh, okay, this is something I got to work on. And I would just keep working on it. And what's crazy right. about these guys is never mind the money they make, because I think a lot of guys are underpaid. Mm-hmm. What I don't understand is, I'll be honest, I think the coaching staff is way too loose across the board because Rex treats these guys like men. And I talked last podcast and I think the last Facebook Live video, these guys are, are, uh, you know, somebody in in the comments on Facebook Live, um, they called it out. They go, go, we need a modern coach. And I go, if anything, I think Pete Carroll and and Rex Ryan are some of the most modern coaches you're going to get because they understand how to talk to players. The guys right. like Bill Belichick, only Bill Belichick can treat you like shit. Sorry, nobody else can because they're not going to respond. See Doug Marone. And what I don't understand yeah. is why aren't these guys, maybe they are, why aren't these guys working on their footwork? I don't think these, I don't think offensively, I don't think these receivers watch enough film 
because they don't they don't know how to read a defense. Does that make mm-hmm. sense to you? Like because they're not they don't seem to be getting in the proper spaces. I could be totally wrong. <sighs> okay, but, uh, just from watching the film, and of course this is you know Monday morning quarterbacking it, and just from seeing the concepts that these uh, our offense is running and these receivers are running, bro, reading defenses, it doesn't even matter. They're not given option routes, Dave. They're they're told to run a certain route, and you know they have to run it. And it's very simple. This passing game is simple right now, um, and that's why it is last in the league. And then you throw into some you know inaccuracy and some um, you know lack of consistency from the quarterback position from Tyrod Taylor, it, you, you and you have a mess on your hands. Okay, so I, I don't know. I, I would disagree with uh, they don't know how to read uh, a defense because they're they're not being asked to. Honestly, only time. These receivers need to uh, learn how to or, or know how to read a defense is when they're given those option routes or those run and shoot type concepts. Um, and only one game this year we've run um, concepts like that. And you know what? It was Tyrod Taylor's best game against Seattle. So when we ran that switch concept where we had two, you know, twins receivers to one side hmm. and they switch release crossed up and depending on the depth of the corner, we're either going to hook up, you know, or go deep. Um, you saw, Tyrod Taylor excel but what happened when him and the receiver on the wrong page he threw it deep and it was intercepted by Richard Sherman so they're not asked often to do that enough so and and you know what you can't with the inconsistency with the injuries we've had at receiver this year it's hard to incorporate those type of concepts bro because they have to be on the same page and these have to be repped in the offseason that's not something you can just throw in once you have a new coordinator after week two so to get you out the door, because I've had you a lot longer than I planned, <laughs> and so I really appreciate this. But on your, on your website, um, mm-hmm. I guess we could say keys of victory. Everybody goes there. Um, you're a believer, okay? What does this team need to do? Like, what's on your website? What do you got coming? And the floor is yours, man. Like, just roll. No, I mean it's it's still early on for me. I I'm, I literally just scouted uh, you know Pittsburgh's offense right now and. Um, because I think that's what it's going to come down to. I, I think it's going to come down to how the Bills shut down Le'Veon Bell. I, I mean, and every week, you know, we, we kind of endure the same thing with Shady McCoy. You have such a talented back that, you know, you have to come up with ways to stop him. And, and you know, I said that he, he makes guys miss, you know, in the run game, and he makes guys miss in the passing game. With The thing with him, he's going to get his touches. I mean, has I mean I can't off the top of my head has Shady even had over twenty touches I don't think uh, in so. the run game this year I don't think so at all okay. I, I think he might uh, have had eighteen uh, in the last four games Le'Veon Bell has averaged twenty four uh, rush attempts and one hundred ten yards a game and a touchdown each game pretty much so um, and that's just in the run game okay he, the total touches he has um, in the last four games on average is thirty two he's touching the ball thirty two times Dave. In the last four in the last four games, that's how much he's averaging. So he's he's the key man. Of course, you know Brown, he's going to lift coverage and they're going to try to bracket him as much as they can. But stopping Le'Veon Bell is going to be the key because they use him in the run game and they use him out of the backfield. They use him as a receiver. They use him on screens and 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 that's what I'll be highlighting and dropping the tomorrow tomorrow morning on, on at the site is you know the screen game that Todd Haley devises for his weapons for Le'Veon Bell, for Antonio Brown, for their slot receiver, uh, Eli Rogers. The screen game of Todd Haley is like, you know, some of the best in the league. It it is up there with Andy Reid. It's up there with, um, you know, the Patriots and the the Packers and whatnot. And, you know, 
Ben Roethlisberger, he's getting up there in age, but guess what? He's still a gamer, um, and, and a lot of his passes do happen behind the line of scrimmage. But when you have weapons like this, you know, you can get away with that. You And, and you can move the ball and, and, and control the clock even when you are passing. And that's that's going to be the key to this game, man. It's going to be a, their offense versus our defense because guess what? Yeah, we've been putting up points on offense, but that defense is very fast, very talented. Um, they've had their lapses, but in the last few games, they've gotten a lot better and more disciplined. And if if this if we can't stop their offense, well, guess what? We can't get in a shootout. We've shown that uh, last week versus uh, the Raiders. We're not going to win in shootouts. That's not the way we're built. The, this team needs to step up, and, and they can't be letting off the gas. You're hearing these players, oh, we got complacent. You're complacent? You ain't in the playoffs, dude. I didn't see no clinching. Like, there there should be no complacency. There should be not being comfortable until the refs are off the field and you're, like, 12 minutes past the game being over. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so, lastly, what can we look forward to on CoverOne.net? And, yeah, so we're, what do you got coming up? Well, tomorrow morning I'll be dropping, uh, like I said, the uh, uh, an evaluation of the Pittsburgh Steelers' last four games and how they use a screen game to get the ball to their weapons, which is something we talked about, that we don't get it to Sam and we don't get it to McCoy um, quickly. We don't get it to him on those screen passes, those swing passes, enough. Uh, we don't get those guys the touches that they need to get in rhythm and to get going. Uh, and then uh, probably Saturday uh, I'm going to drop uh, a little something on Antonio Brown um, and just his footwork because the type of players that the Steelers have on offense, just some of the, the most el- elusive and shifty players, and um, in the last, like, three or four games, Antonio Brown has run a, a, a specific route that has caused trouble to defenders. I don't know if you caught that highlight a few weeks ago when Antonio Brown pretty much undressed um, the corner from the Colts, just made him fall. Um, and and it, it was just silly. He made him look silly, but um, the pass went incomplete in the back of the end zone. But that route is a route that they have run every single game since, and it's something the Bills are going to have to defend. And um, you know, defending Antonio Brown's a nightmare in itself, and the defense definitely has its hands full. So look out for that Saturday. Eric, thank you so much for bailing me out. I'm going to call Nick Pop from uh, – he's been waiting <laughs> around for headphones forever. We're, I already did an hour and two minutes and ten seconds. Dude, really, man, um, I don't want to be all weird here, but you're one of my favorite people to talk to. Um, recommending me to the to the Tinderverse, and uh, even there though I go. told you my Tinder story, which is a disaster, hilarious, bro. It was oh, funny though. Come on, man. Yeah, it'll be dude. one of many, bro. It'll be one of many. I don't even want. I don't even know. <laughs> you know, I will admit though, it is kind of nice when the fake profiles hit you back. It's like, oh, cool. Oh, let me guys hit this link. I can't read. You know, it hey, is man, a, it is a confidence I li- booster. I live just south of Montreal, Dave. So yeah, those fake profiles are left and right, man. It's, they're they're funny though. They're entertaining. They keep you busy. They keep you swiping. Hell yeah, man. Well, Eric, thank you again. That's Eric Turner. What is, what's your name on Twitter and uh, your website? On Twitter, you can find me at, at Cover One Bills, and uh, I run CoverOne.net. So go ahead and check it out. Awesome, man, Eric. I'll shoot you a message after this, and uh, I'll probably just keep this tape rolling. So. All right, brother. Have, Have a good, good one. Thanks, dude. See ya. All right. So that was uh, the great Eric Turner. And right now I'm going to try to call Nick Papagellis. Let's see if he answers and found his damn headphones. Um, let's see here. Hit the voice call. Nick Pop. Got him in there. So I'll turn the ringer down. 
You don't want to hear all that. This is like the jerky boys right now. You know what? I should just call a random restaurant and ask them what they think about the bills. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice message. What the hell is this crap? Five, eight, five, five, two. Okay. I guess we don't have Eric Turner. Let me make one more call here. Who am I going to call? Um, maybe I'll call Dick Sporting Goods. wonder what they know about hockey. Dick Sporting Goods. Actually, I'm not calling Dick's. So... Look, I'm going to wrap this up right here. I could call my dad, um, but I'm all set. So, look, we're out of here. I tried calling Deacon earlier. I got no answer. I think that was a great breakdown. That's Eric Turner from CoverOne.net. Oh, wait, hold on. We could call Jeff Knight real quick. Let's see if he picks up. Uh, Hopefully he doesn't say anything a little uh, dumb. We'll just blow up his shit. Jeff Knight's supposed to get me Guns N' Roses tickets. Um, my hair, I never knew it would look like Slash, but I'm here. He might be doing something. His favorite porn star is Siri, if you're ever into Siri. I don't know if you know who that is, but she retired. And uh, he may or may not have paid for an autographed picture package with her. But uh, powerful Jeff Knight. I go to Jeff. I go to all the games. Jeff Knight sits in 331. Of course, he's not going to answer because it's me. Um, this is really failing. You're a dick, Jeff. No, you won't. All right. Well, I don't know who else to call here. I'm gonna go through my little my little phone thing right now. Um, well, can call Anthony Hayward. Nah, we're not doing that. All right. So maybe I'll call my dad. Nah, he doesn't know shit. Okay. Anyways. Cover1.net, check out Eric Turner. Shit's dope. Love it. Um, Nick Papagellas just texted me saying that uh, his Christmas tree fell over. He has an emergency. So that's all good. Um, I mean, I did have him on standby for literally like 45 minutes to an hour. So Dick Move Dave on my part. Find Dick Move Dave, a.k.a. me, on Twitter, at NumBillsFan. Find me on the IG Find me on that Snapchat, David J. Palermo. You want to see some dumb shit, uh, what my life entails, which is dogs and construction and not working on my house that I should be working on and pretty much just screwing off. So uh, numbillsfan.com, check that out. Also tweet Adam Deacon, the great Adam Deacon. He runs a website. He just revamped it, numbillsfan.com. It looks great. we got a little bit. Um, different color scheme going on. I like it. Uh, we just kind of like roll with the same as ugly logos just because of uh, quote-unquote branding, trying to build our brand, which is the grossest thing you could ever say. Whoever says you're growing your brand, punch yourself in the dick. And if you don't have a dick, hit a boob. And if you got both, hit both. Whatever. Um, PunchDrunkSports.com. Check them out. At PunchDrunk on Twitter and BillsForLife.com. And don't forget the Red Pinto Tailgate. Don't forget about the red pencil tailgate. Get your ass down there. Watch Nick Papa jealous with the damn megaphone, just yelling at people, and it's always a good time. Trust me.
it's always a good time. They got bowling ball shots, and if you do what I do, which is kind of loiter, um, you get free food. Now, I'm not saying it's enough to get filled up on. Depends how much of a doucheroo you want to be. But you could. You could you could definitely go down there and get fed for free. And they do good stuff. They'll cook it out of a mailbox. They'll cook it on the hood of a red pintle. I mean, just Google red pintle tailgate. It's amazing. They're also on Twitter, too. So please check them out this weekend if you go. Don't forget, billsforlife.com, best Facebook group ever is um, through them for the Bills. So, again, thank you. I'm your host, David Palermo. Adam Deacon is not here today. Find him on Twitter, at NumBills, Adam D, and find me, NumBillsFan. Peace.